1: If you haven't noticed, it is absolutely nuts out there in the housing market. If you don't know exactly what you're doing and you don't have someone that you trust by your side to guide you through the process, good luck getting the home you want or getting the best price for the home you're selling. John Hurlbut at Altitude Homes is a guy I've known for years, over a decade, a friend and someone I trust implicitly. If you are in Pierce, South King, or Thurston counties, there is nobody better to help guide you through the real estate process right now. Go on over to altitudehomesteam.com slash hawkablogger. Now, again, that's altitudehomesteam.com slash Sign up to contact John. He will help you with the process, and all referrals will result in a $1,000 donation from John and the Altitude Homes team to Ben's Fund. Everybody wins, go in there, get your help, get your dream home, get the most money for your home. Altitude Homes, team.com slash hawkblogger.
0: Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of manifestfit.com. Football season is quickly approaching and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos.
1: Everybody. Welcome to the 161st episode of Real Hawk Talk. This is Brian Nemhauser, ad hoc blogger on Twitter. And for the second straight evening, we have a bunch of good Seahawks items to topics to t- to discuss, if I can get the words out. I'm so excited, uh, as you can tell. Um, this has been a, a really interesting kind of lead up to Cutdown Day, one of the more interesting lead ups I think we've had and it's also like am I am I crazy but hasn't cut down day always been a Saturday like always and then now it's a Tuesday and um this whole thing where we've got two weeks until the first game Mm -hmm. like it's a weird deal I, I don't know I'm not used to this new NFL schedule uh the three preseason games the 17 regular all this stuff it's it's messing with me but We are gonna talk about it all tonight. Um, Let me bring in the crew. Tonight we have Dana O'Gorman at Dana OG on Twitter. Dana, nice to see you. Thanks, I'm
2: excited to be here.
1: Good, good. Yeah, I'm gonna be eager to hear your thoughts. One of the things I love about having Dana on the show, besides the fact that she is, uh, her maturity level is about an infinity level higher than most of the rest of us, but, she also lives, you know, in, in the heartland. And so you get a very different perspective about what people are talking about in, in that part of the world and, and uh, hear different NFL news. So it's, it's always great to hear that. So
2: thanks.
1: Um, and very happy to see that Evan Hill at Evan Hill HB on Twitter uh, is, is with me. He is he is the hardcore three straight night.
0: Are you sick of me yet? Like 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 how disappointed are you that you have to spend three straight nights
1: with me? Evan, I look forward to all of our interactions, you know. Uh you know, half sarcasm, people- half reality. No, it's really true. <laughs> it's really true. Uh, you know, I, I think we joke about it, but um I love that like you're kind of like the mascot of Seahawks Twitter and there are some people that abuse you, like you know, they, they kick you. Um I try to not be one. I mean i do i tease you but, i mean but, uh, it's
0: not like i deserve like i don't deserve it no you like, totally
1: deserve it yeah i you. want to
0: be super clear like i i egg it on for sure so yeah
1: you're a little masochistic uh so <laughs> there's a little of that going on but uh anyway yeah we we had the show last night we did our predictions uh, about who's gonna make the roster we talked about the sydney jones deal uh Before we jump into the new news, I do Dana, I don't know if you had any Mm -hmm. thoughts on the Sidney Jones deal since you weren't on with us last night. If there's anything you wanted to throw in your two cents um, before we moved on from that.
2: No, to be honest with you, I I didn't really know much about him, so I I did a little looking after. Um, But at the time, I mean, we have all been screaming cornerbacks, cornerbacks, cornerbacks on the show, right? And so I wasn't really surprised they brought one in, but it surprised me at first because they had just brought Reed in. So I wasn't sure how that was going to all mesh. Obviously today makes a little more sense today, but, um, but no, I, you know what? Uh, my reaction was sure. Why not? Let's see if it sticks. you know, seriously, because at this point we just need something. We need someone in that position. And if they think he's the guy, bring him on in. Why not?
1: Yeah. So, uh, we will talk, I think first here about the final roster and, you know, if I was prepared, I would have actually brought the roster up. I have the roster Uh, up (laughs) because I I do, we do so much preparation for the show. (laughs) It's so true. Um, I mean, I basically tracked the roster as a diff off of like what I predicted and there's a few things that stood out to me and Dana, maybe you could fill in the gaps of what I missed, but, um, (laughs) maybe they, uh, they did keep five running backs, right? Mm-hmm. They kept they kept uh, Carson and Penny, and they kept Collins and Homer and DJ Dallas, yes? Yes. So that and was they, a lot of people yeah. were like, hey, they're going to cut Penny. Uh, you know, we were all thinking they might try to trade one of those guys. And as of now, all five of them are on the roster.
2: Yeah, I, I still don't know that they won't still try and trade one of them. I think that that's probably a pretty, when you keep that many now, granted, we know that the durability of these boys is not always the greatest. And so maybe they're like, we need to, you know, some cushion here. And so maybe that's why they're doing it, but I still wouldn't rule out a trade. I still think that that maybe they wanted to see how the roster settled to see maybe if there was any names that were cut instead of having to do a trade that they wanted to look at that first. But um, you know, this this was kind of a hard year to predict or to predict right because there were a few things that were odd with this. But I think that probably and I don't know that it's Rashad Penny. I mean, I, I guess that might be one of the more logicals, but I don't know that it's him, but it wouldn't surprise me if there still wasn't a running back trade at some point.
1: You know, um Evan, this was something I expected. So it didn't shock me. I don't know if you had I mean, I know you were thinking Rashad Penny was maybe at risk, but right? you know, how big of a surprise is it, is it to you that that he makes it on the final roster?
0: Um I'm not I'm not confident he is going to be on the roster right. by week one. So if we're talking final roster like as defined by today, um not that surprised, but if if he's on the roster. Week one, I'm somewhat surprised. I really am. There's some teams around the NFL that, for example, Ravens, Jags, like obviously they wouldn't trade, you know, running back to the Rams, but like there's some running back needy teams out there. And Rashad Penny could, I could absolutely see one of those teams throwing us like a fourth or a fifth bone to, you know, basically add Penny to their backfield. So I'd be moderately surprised if he's on the roster week
1: one. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have invested quite a bit in your Rashad Penny is on the outs uh, narrative. So I? Have know I? You, it's hard for you to get off that, but he's he's probably not going anywhere, dude. He's going to be there. And and the. I mean, it's very is, possible. Yeah, he, he's he's going to end up breaking like a 70 yard run. And you're going to be all the way back in. <laughs> I'm going to be in Shambles. Penny jersey.
0: Oh, you're saying if he
1: does it for Seattle. OK, I thought you were saying if he got traded and he just exploded, no, he's then gonna, he, I still think that, that he is going to play a significant role in the offense this year. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's the number two back. Um,
0: so how many rushing yards do you think he has this year?
1: Well, I can answer that question because we have a prediction about that, but not specifically how many rushing yards. So, mm-hmm. so um I'm gonna go out and say that Rashad Penny has uh, over 400 rushing yards this year.
0: It's pretty significant.
1: Yeah, not. I mean, I wanted to go over 500, which I think he could do. I think he has done, but um, yeah, I, I, everyone's super down on him. I, I, you know, I've been super down on him in the past. I, I just think, I think it's unnecessary. Do so. you
0: do you want my uh, youth XL jersey or what is it? Is it youth? I I already
1: forgot the size of it, dude. It's like COVID twenty five <laughs> up in this house. I've been I certainly have not just gained nineteen. I don't think I, I, don't, I don't think the the youth XL will will fit. Maybe over my thigh. Um,
2: One point about Penny though, I I don't think that people are well. I know some people are real down on him, and I'm not necessarily down on him. I don't I don't think that that we you know should just bail on the guy. I think of all of them, obviously I'm not getting rid of Chris Carson, I think he's the most tradable. If you look at it, you know what I mean? He, you know, was a, was a higher pick. He's done well when he's played. We do know the injury history there, but if Seattle really needed another position piece and they wanted to trade for it, I think that Evan's right. There's enough running back needy teams out there that he might be the more tradable aspect, you know, asset of all of them. Um, but I think the 400 yards really—that is going to depend on how this offense runs. Because Chris, I, if Chris Carson stays healthy, I still think he gets, you know, well and above. But then we don't know how much we're running, so it's—it's it's kind of an odd thing. I think
1: you're right. I just—I think when Penny pops, I think he's going to have. Oh, I like Rashad Penny over 100 so. yards, and so it only That's takes true. a couple of those games, and That's true. yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, <laughs> if you ask like my confidence level, like how certain i am i mean you know this could go so many different ways with that many different Mm -hmm. runners on the roster so who knows but but uh there's nothing i saw from penny that was like oh this guy's trash now and he's lost (laughs) it i saw enough of him in camp where i saw him move faster and quicker than he was before he was hurt and he already was fast and quick enough to score 70 yards away so to me it's just it's just a matter of the right play call and the right Mm -hmm. moment um but yeah, he's not my favorite running back and he never will be. So, um, but, but I still think he has value. Uh, but I skipped over what I think is for me, the biggest shock, like I wouldn't say it's a massive shock, but it's definitely the biggest shock of the whole roster, which is Sean Mannion Mm -hmm. making it as a third quarterback. Like, When's the last time they even kept a third quarterback, and why? Like, why? Like, I saw some people trying to like twist themselves into some sort of like knowledgeable person. Yes, it makes perfect sense for them to do it because of this. Well, then why didn't you predict it in the first place? But I don't. I don't think it makes much sense. Do you, Dana, do you have you know a, no. a read on this one?
2: No, the and the, everything. from, I went and I read. I was like. Okay, what is the logic of this? And everyone's like, well, he has a history with Shane Waldron. Right. So what? Like, I don't get it. So plop him on the practice squad and let him teach those kids the offense. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't quite understand. I'm beginning to think he's a placeholder. I'm beginning to think that he was a placeholder on the roster for someone, either one of those vets that they're going to, you know, sign after the, the season begins. Um, or you know, for some other trade, maybe they're in the works for. I, I, I don't understand. Do you remember? Was it last season? We didn't even have a running, a uh, uh, backup quarterback. At the it was just Russell Wilson. They hadn't even signed Geno back yet at that point. So it is very strange. But I, I can't think of any other logic other than he's just a placeholder for some reason.
0: And you would think, like, if he was cut, is there not like a one hundred percent chance that he makes it through waivers? and they I can would bring him back so. on, on practice but squad
1: that's, that's the thing like you're telling me that he it's more important to have him on the roster than penny Hart, right yeah
0: even if we're using the placeholder theory it's like why not keep a penny Hart or a cody right. thompson or uh josh johnson mm-hmm. i don't know yeah
1: yeah it's it just it's it's super odd to me like um yeah, I, I honestly I, I don't think that there's a good explanation. And the placeholder thing, Dana, maybe that's the best one. Like, they basically ignore oh, it. Like, no. it, it, there's nothing to it. There's so no way so they weird. were worried that like the Colts were gonna like try and nab them.
0: Where could they be? Like, I, I am really <laughs> grasping Anything at straws here. Possible. I'm literally grasping at straws here because it's like makes no sense. Is it is it possible that the Colts wanted to nab him for intelligence? I don't know.
1: I can't imagine. I mean, no, I mean, they would just infect him with COVID and he wouldn't be available anyway. So, <laughs> like, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know, man. It, it's weird. So, so, so that was the biggest surprise for me. But I also did mention another one that was a pretty big surprise, which was uh, at receiver. They only kept four receivers. Everyone was like, oh, they're going to keep six receivers, Cody Thompson and all this. Like, I cannot this Cade Johnson and even Connor Weddington and some people were like Travis Toyvenin or however you pronounce his last name. I haven't seen so much obsession with guys that did absolutely nothing, like absolutely nothing in the preseason. Like, like Stephen Williams years ago had this massive preseason where he's like a hundred yards a game or Cason Williams was catching all these passes. I get being like, invested in those guys
0: enough about phil haynes okay enough about phil hey, haynes. hey hey enough phil haynes about
1: phil haynes. playoff game and contributed uh <laughs> he was
2: helpful damn it <laughs> yeah
1: so yeah but penny heart penny Hart, like i think seemed like a super solid fifth receiver you know as far as is what they had but we got sean Mannion. so like what's, I mean, do you think they're just going to go with four receivers or you think that's just a placeholder and they're going to pick up one of these other receivers that got kicked to the curb. People are talking about Philip Dorsett, which really like, anyway, but what do you, uh, Evan, do you have a take on, on, you know, either Penny Hart getting cut them having only four receivers or uh, you know, is there a veteran receiver out there that you think that they're, that they got cut that you think they're going to go out and try to get now?
0: I mean, is it, is it possible a potential trade is in the works um, in using Mannion as that placeholder? I don't, I don't know. Um, Four wide receivers got
1: cut were, I mean, Philip Dorsett, I think John Brown got Mm -hmm. released from the Raiders. Um, Is it Prashad Perriman? I don't know if he got picked up anywhere. I think he got let go. I don't know. Um. the hard thing is is
0: confusing because he's versatile right which is Pete Carroll's favorite ability mm-hmm. out of any football player um he's pretty solid when it comes to special teams I think he flashed a couple a mm-hmm. couple of times this preseason so him not making the team is is really bizarre to me um I'm kind of dumbfounded, to be honest, guys. Well, I don't have much of a take.
1: <laughs> well, and the other thing is, if D. Eskridge, I mean, he was hurt most of the preseason, and thankfully he's back, and hopefully he stays back. But if he goes down, there's nobody else that's got his athletic profile on the on the roster other than Penny Hart. Penny Hart was going to be the D. Eskridge stand-in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the other part that is just odd to me about it. Um,
2: uh, i'm I'm looking i'm looking through this is what i'm doing i'm looking through the players that were waived on other teams and there weren't a ton of wide receivers waived so it's weird
1: travis holgham um popular among eagles fans there's a lot of people saying that the only reason he mm -hmm. got cut instead of uh our thing white side is because of draft position and the the Eagles just aren't admitting they made a mistake. So, so one thing to keep
0: in mind real quickly on the CBA rules that changed last year, the new rules basically allow players to be activated for game weekends. So Mm -hmm. the thinking is that they could have, they could carry four receivers on the 53 man roster, but activate a player or even two receivers from the practice squad on game weekend and have five or six receivers um, active for games. So those rules change slightly, um, but still it's kind of weird.
2: Is that just to give flexibility to the team maybe? So then they're (laughs) thinking that they can roll with four and fill in in other spaces where they think they need more depth, but then grab game day help if they need it. That, that makes sense on paper, but the minute that one of these four goes down with a real injury, you you've then lost the spot to have this kid have all this practice. You know what I mean? All this You're hundred percent. Correct. I, yeah, I, and that's,
0: I, I don't know if it's COVID related or if that's the new CBA. Um, but yeah, that's what they're going with this year.
1: Yeah. So that was, that was a bit of a surprise there. Um, another modest surprise. They ended up only sticking with three tight ends, including Colby Parkinson. Um, so Gerald Everett, Will Disley, Colby Parkinson. Three tight ends is normally what they keep on the roster, but I think we were all under the impression that Colby Parkinson wasn't going to be ready for week one. There was some question about that. Uh, Tyler Mayburys, who I predicted that they'd keep and have four on there, Um, but they let let him go. There is news that Jacob Hollister got let go by the Bills, and so there's some, uh, you know, uh, what's the word? Suspicion. I can't think of a better word. That starts with a C, but um, anyway, some, some idea out there that Jacob Hollister may be on his way back to Seattle. Um, Any thoughts there? Like, you know, I I guess my hope and maybe take is that this is a a good sign about Colby Parkinson being available sooner than people think.
2: Uh, Does this have to do with the new IR rule with the IR rules? So he has to be on the 53 man roster after cut day and then they can put him on the pup list, but it doesn't have to be the full time. It can be three weeks instead of six. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't remember what it was. I apologize. Yeah.
0: Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Yeah. And so that's not for a long time, but if he's not on the 53 man roster before it's like a longer period of time. I'm sorry. I read that very quickly today. So,
0: so the change is that teams can teams can take off unlimited amount of players from IR and they're eligible to return after missing three games rather than eight games.
2: Okay, so that was one thing that I did read is that they wanted, they didn't think that he was going to need to be gone for the eight. And so having him on the roster, then moving him to, you know, IR, then they can well, get him back
1: quicker. Yeah, that be, was
2: one theory I read.
1: To be totally clear, if if you put a player on IR before the cut down day, they have to be stay on IR for the whole season.
2: Oh, okay. They Apologize. Thank you. Um, I, re- I read it real
1: quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. know. I just want to just clear that up for mm. anyone else that was, that was wondering, but yes. They can be on the roster. And then the next day, if you put them on IR three weeks is the, okay. is the, is the minimum. So
2: maybe that's why he's sitting there and they'll pick somebody up.
1: Yeah. Tomorrow the roster could look mm-hmm. quite different and it generally does. Um, I was a little surprised there weren't any other trades uh, to be totally honest. And maybe the Seahawks, honestly, there's some pretty fat parts of the, the roster that feel like they might be keeping people in hopes that they can convince someone to trade because here's what happens teams they set their rosters but they also are all looking at who else they think is going to come available and part of their strategy is to to maybe fill in gaps on their team with who's coming available on other teams just like the Seahawks Mm -hmm. but then teams counter that counter by keeping guys that they think that there's demand for so that there's not as much supply out there and then teams might feel more compelled to offer something to that team for the players that they keep so uh offensive tackle for me is a perfect example of that for the seahawks i mean Mm -hmm. they have every offensive tackle that they basically had in camp poor tommy champions like what the hell like why did you just keep greg island like why'd you keep us too uh i think they have like six offensive tackles they have dwayne brown brandon Mm -hmm. shell they have uh jamarco jones can play tackle they have um, Cedric Abuehi, who I thought was going to get cut. That's four. They kept uh, Jake Curhan, uh, the undrafted rookie, the only undrafted rookie to make it. That's five. And then they also kept Stone Forsythe, right? Mm-hmm. The r- yep. rookie. So you've got six. Six tackles. I think they only have five, actually. I think you miscounted.
2: Three, four, five. I have six.
1: That's you have so six? Good. I use my fingers. I usually don't miscount when I use my Marco fingers. DeMarco
2: Jones can play.
1: Oh, the list I'm yeah. looking at has Jamarco mm-hmm. as a tier. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So you don't need six offensive tackles. You just don't like, that's ridiculous.
2: I don't know. Um, Seattle might, I don't know. I don't <laughs> wait to <go> through players.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I don't think they've ever kept that many. Um, so I'll be curious to see if, if there's any switch switcheroo there. Um, the Jake Curhan story is, like, kind of cool. Yeah, what about it? What do you like about that story?
0: I don't know. He's just – he's one of those, like – like we talked about this, like, a couple of weeks ago. Like, we've just been sort of missing out on those, like, cool little UDFA stories over the yeah. past several years, and he really shined in camp and, and in game, and who knows? Maybe this guy's, you know, capable of being a solid backup. Um, I'd love to see the Seahawks take a more uh, – Successful approach to O-line development.
1: Have you, have you seen, do you see the picture of him today at his press conference? I did not. I posted it in our group chat. <laughs> I love is he a that big boy? Build. He's got like, <laughs> I don't think he has a sim- single like crease anywhere on his, like there's, oh there's no God. definition anywhere. <laughs> He's
0: just a big. This is what I look like player. after Matador Nachos, <laughs> like just one round. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i i'm a big fan man i like that kid so i i'm excited um i think you just like big fat football players
0: that's the trend i'm noticing with you
1: it's true it's true i mean who doesn't like a little brandon mebane belly roll or yes! you know, a little puna <laughs> uh so so yeah <laughs> but yeah it is cool that he made it um and it's cool that stone Forsyth uh is there as well they've got two young tackles that they're keeping around i just yeah i don't know what what it means for for cedric long term um jordan simmons did get cut right so um you yeah, did you call know? that congratulations yeah sure thank you
0: oh I, that I, was, I, was a that was an underrated cut i mean yeah, there's a lot of talk on twitter it. today like he, he's probably gonna get claimed right there's some
1: thought about that the, the words is the CX want to try to get him back in the practice squad. Um, We'll see. Um, yeah, but but they've got a bunch of guard, you know, guard options. So I don't I don't think they need him. Was there anyone else on the offensive line that surprised you guys uh, mm-hmm. in terms of cuts or keeps?
2: Mm-mm.
1: I mean, I'm looking at the cut list right now. <laughs> they didn't cut many guys. They kind of kept no.
2: Them um, yeah, it's just I think I think the Curahan thing is probably the most surprising thing on that line. I did see some people hitting the panic button today when they had kept so many. They're like, Dwayne Brown. I'm like, don't worry, Dwayne Brown will play. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I think he'll be back for sure. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, for the game. So um, I think that that's offense, right? So we, we've got mm-hmm. we got those guys. And then switching to the defense, a little bit of surprise there as well. Um they They ended up keeping LJ Collier, uh, who I predicted they were going to keep, but I was kind of hoping maybe they wouldn't. And they cut Robert Camdiche, who had been like the, just the classic preseason training camp story, Dana, like Mm -hmm. comes in, been out of football for a year, former first round pick, former top recruit in the country measurables off the charts. He's figured it out. He's got his head on straight. He loves the game again. He's bringing spirit to all the practices. He's just showing up. He's in the best shape of his life and then doesn't play a snap in preseason and doesn't make the team.
2: And starts a fight in practice. So I mean, seriously, right? Like, do you guys remember in the offseason? I kept forgetting that Seattle had picked him up. Like it would not stick in my brain. It was my brain trying to tell me something, you know, and I think that a lot of us saw it, you know, that there was a good chance he wasn't going to make this because he just never was in it. You, you just never felt like he was in it. I, I other than a practice jersey, do we ever even see him in a jersey? I mean, it just, it wasn't meant to be. We'll just leave it. It wasn't meant to be. We'll just leave it at that.
1: <laughs> Nathan, uh, Nathan Evan, you, you've never been particularly high on Mr. Kim D.J. Uh, any thoughts on his uh, departure?
0: No, I never bought into this guy whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I, I saw what happened with him with the Cardinals. I saw the speeding tickets. He co- got close to my house. Like this guy is a ding dong. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> I just, I just don't even. I don't want any Great word.
1: Him. I'm just, I'm just telling the truth. So, yeah, yeah, yeah he's almost as much of a ding dong as somebody who uh, goes on an ATV without a helmet and, and <laughs> almost loses his career um that by the way that that story
0: is pretty crazy to hear like what he's doing with the browns made the rust
1: embracing for this like we just knew it was gonna happen like i i honestly didn't believe it i thought he was permanently done but you were after he
2: went to jail i thought he was
0: done too i dude i thought this guy was (sighs) there were just so many there were so many inconsistent reports from doctors And I know his doctor was like begging teams and like putting his reputation on the line that this guy would be able to, you know, get back on the field. But I mean, should he be playing football? That's probably a different discussion, but like you got (laughs) to hand it to him. He's making noise in Cleveland.
1: I don't know that you have to hand it to him. That that, nope. that part I don't get. Like, this guy has been a pretty despicable person yeah. since the injury. Now, it might be because of that. I mean, brain injuries do all sorts of things to folks. So I'm not judging him, but he he hasn't, like, he's not someone I'm like, oh, yeah, so happy for him. Like, it's an Is, it, is what he's
0: doing impressive to you?
1: Oh, it's certainly impressive. So that's and, what I
0: mean. Is like, it, it's yeah. defying expectations for me.
1: Yes, 100% um you know but i mean the guy came out of school with a reputation of being a bit of a ding-dong mm-hmm. to use your word and <laughs> proved it within a few weeks of getting uh, you know uh picked i mean and now everyone's like oh he's made it because he's i mean he he looks like a monster in the in preseason games he definitely does he looks like a difference making kind of interior player but what's he gonna do when he gets his first paycheck his second yeah. paycheck What's he going to do if he gets success in the NFL? Like mm-hmm. sometimes the- people think making it's the hardest part. Not for everybody, not mm-hmm. for everybody. So- Listen,
2: and I, I posted a tweet today and, and mostly people agreed with me. We can't, you cannot look at the Malik McDowell situation as a slight on Seattle. That This is not something Seattle did wrong. In my opinion, they, they, drafted the guy he got in that horrible accident was not medically cleared to play for two years they even kept him on the roster like the next year to see if he could play it wasn't then gets thrown in jail for 11 months i mean this is not something we can come back at seattle about this kid was done and obviously someone Got his head on straight, which is a terrible way to say after his accident, but you know what I mean? And (laughs) so sorry, they
1: fixed
2: fixed his head a little, but, and so now Cleveland and of all teams, Cleveland, cause didn't he go to the Cowboys last year and they cut him. Yeah. Yeah. And so now Cleveland has kept him. And I will tell you, I follow a lot of Cleveland people. Cleveland was not sure he was staying The, the beat writers and some of the reporters there were not sure he was making this team at first, but he managed to play the last game for his life and is on it. Good for him. I hope it works out for him. But this is not a slight on Seattle. Seattle did what they could. So and you have to kind of leave it at that. Now, whether or not they should have drafted him in the first place, that's a different conversation. That's a different conversation. I right. don't
1: want to have it because it will get, right. ugly. it will get, super right? Ugly.
2: I, I don't think that, I don't even think it matters at this point, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't even matter at this point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do agree with you about, the, the, I think it's a really good way to separate the point out. There's a conversation about, whether it was a good pick. And I know that everyone, including folks on this pod and including folks on the team, are you know uh, trying to provoke conversation about that on Twitter. Uh, and then there's this other piece of, okay, so now you made the pick. Did they give themselves enough of a chance to see if it could work out? And I don't think, if you think that they should have just kept him this whole time, that's
2: no, crazy. Because then they would have been ripped apart for doing that too. Yeah. you know, for wasting a spot. Yeah. It made no. it's, this isn't on Seattle.
1: Yeah. Uh, we'll see if they garnish his wages after he, uh, starts people forget that. that situation and mm-hmm.
0: really poorly, like Seattle yeah. literally sued him in civil
1: court to
0: recover his signing bonus. I don't know what the result was, but it, that doesn't happen.
1: <laughs> like at all, uh, especially the Seahawks are pretty like yeah. bad blood. They, they don't do that very mm-hmm. much. I, I think, yeah. Anyway, I wish him well I don't expect it to go well to be totally honest even if he he could have a great year I I still think this this will not end well for for Malik McDowell um but but I hope I'm wrong I really honestly do um but before we get off the defensive line um Mm -hmm. there is a lot of conjecture that the Seahawks are holding a space for Geno Atkins um I'm not exactly understanding where people are coming to that conclusion. I think they would like to get Geno Atkins, but I'm not looking at the roster and being like, oh, there's this Geno Atkins size hole that he's going to fill. Um, I just think when they add him, they'll probably cut Collier. And we'll all call it a day. But I mean, is there something you guys are seeing relative to Geno Atkins that I missed or news that I should know about?
2: Not that I know of.
1: right? No,
0: he might wait a couple of weeks to sign.
2: Oh, I would think after the beginning of the season, probably.
1: yeah, wait to see if some injuries come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's a vet. ask for a little more money for preseason. They could sign him this week and have him for the first game. I mean, they honestly could. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be awesome. I'd be super excited. But again, as we've said repeatedly, that means his contract as a veteran be guaranteed for the whole year, right? Versus waiting till week two, and then his contract wouldn't be guaranteed. So, um, if I and I to, think
2: that's that's logical, right? Like it's yeah. it's logical to wait.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you had to guess, you you'd guess that they would wait till after the first week, after the first game, Dana.
2: Well, I mean, wouldn't I mean that's just. it it does two things. It shows, it's just two things. Well, like Evan says, it gives him a chance to see if someone is injured, if he can get a better deal somewhere else, it's, it's giving him the respect level for letting him getting out there a little bit more, see if he can get an extra dime. Right. And you get to the first week he's not signed, then you can sign him and maybe that's something they talked about when he was there. And then that's good for the team. So you're doing something good for him, giving him an opportunity to maybe, go somewhere else and make a little bit more money, but you're not guaranteeing his contract. He's not signed. You bring him in. It's good for the team because then now he doesn't, he doesn't have a guaranteed contract. So, you know, and that's, I, I know that people don't always think that's how, you know, the business of football works, but sometimes with these veteran players, there is that respect level where they'll kind of say like, you know what, we're going to let him go test his toe in the market and see what, what's up with that. Um, Looking at, you're right. They would have to get rid of, probably call here. I mean, what else, right? You look at the rest of them. They they would have to make that that switch there. And maybe that is their plan, but it just isn't a real blatant plan out in front of us.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, I think the thing that could speed up their you know, their signing of someone like Atkins would be if they feel like there's competition for his services and they just want to get him on the team. Like it
2: just depends on how badly they want him. Yeah. You know. Mhm. Uh,
1: I mean, yeah, I, I would be super excited to see him at it. It'd be fun. Um, I love interior pressure wherever you can get it. I think it's it's just anything you can do to help the pass rush. Dana, you and I are defense. Mm-hmm. my favorite. Defense. We love seeing quarterbacks get hit.
2: Quarterbacks are boring. Meh. Come on, <laughs>
1: blow them up. So, so I, I like. I definitely would be super excited to see that move made. Um, even knowing that he had a pretty you know down year and he's coming off an injury. Um, uh, I, I think he'd add. I <laughs> think he'd add to the room for sure. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, certainly more than I would expect from someone like L.J. Collier. So right. Uh, all right, defensive line wise, I think we talked about that. Um, we are we mostly right. I, I think, in fact, maybe mm-hmm. I, I think I predicted everybody on the defensive line. Um,
2: Man, it was right. pretty obvious, I think. For hey, oh, hey, not hey, not saying it was, not was an obvious. easy pick. It was hard
1: work. <laughs> sorry (laughs) um (laughs) yeah so uh linebacker um got the pretty much the obvious uh they they did cut john radigan who i think was someone that um a number of folks were wondering if they would keep uh he had such a great final game they cut him it looks like he's gonna go to to practice squad or is likely to go there um there's a lot of folks like hey they didn't they didn't keep enough linebackers and I think people just are miscounting because Daryl Taylor and Alton Robinson have been playing Sam mm-hmm. so they have five linebackers seven linebackers right mm-hmm. or six linebackers they have Bobby Ballore, too they right they have Bobby oh, they yeah, have yeah. Jordan Brooks they have uh Cody Barton Nick Belor mm-hmm. Uh, And then they have Daryl Taylor and Alton Robinson. So they have two deep at literally every spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I don't think there are any big surprises there. Cornerback, let's talk about that for a second. Um, And there's new news here, guys, on Mm -hmm. cornerback today, not just who made the team, but there's press conferences today. So let's talk about that too. Um, They. ended up cutting john reed that was probably the biggest news right the guy that they traded the seventh round pick for and the news was that he would have had to play six games i believe was was the report um in order for that seventh round pick to go to houston now they've cut him hopefully they can get back on practice squad and get the pick back right so uh any any reactions or surprises to that uh you know i cornerback other other cornerbacks that got cut were Gavin Heslop who some people really liked um uh Will Sunderland who nobody really (laughs) likes sorry Will but uh yeah cornerback they pretty much kept everybody um any anything jump out at you guys with the cornerback situation uh, at least in terms of cuts. Before we talk about the the new news today, yeah. Not okay. really. That's straightforward. Let's yeah. talk about let's talk about the news. So so DJ Reed was in a press conference today. Dana, did you hear about this? Do you want to share the news? I did. Okay, I did. So the news,
2: well, I read it very quickly. Once again, I was skimming. I, I will fill. fill in. Okay. So yeah. um, in his press conference today, he mentioned that they moved him back over to the to they moved him to the left side. Right, they moved him to left or to right to left, and he had been on the right side. But then he said, and this is the car, part that caught me. So, fill in all the rest of it was he said, and Trey will be on the other side, which is Trey Flowers. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, that was a little disturbing to me. So, Why? what it looks like is, well, I'm just not the biggest fan. Okay. So, anyway, because we need a wider res- or we need a cornerback, but anyway, I'm just gonna let that be. So, but so DJ Reed, what that essentially does with the article I was reading, it says is that it puts Witherspoon and Reed on the same side. And so yeah. does Reed start or does Witherspoon start? I think the answer is to
1: this one, Evan. Mm-hmm. So, so one, there are a lot of reporters and a lot of like, you know, Super fans, I don't know, you know, bloggy people like us that that get like to get um, predictive on this stuff. That got really into the fact that the cornerbacks were at specific sides, and that Mm -hmm. Trey Flowers was on one side, and that was the same side that DJ Reed played. And they were, you know, they would rotate. And then the other side was Witherspoon and uh, who's the guy? I'm forgetting his name. Doesn't even matter. Anyway, the Trey Brown. Yeah, maybe that's it, but 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 then the season goes on, and, like, I don't know that it's that secure. Like, yes, Richard Sherman tended to play one side his whole career, but I think he could have played the other side as well. So I don't personally think that the side thing is as locked in as everyone makes it out to be, at least for the team, and they proved it today by flipping T.J. Reed in his kind of first week back, and no big deal to him. But – it does, it does seem to indicate that there's one of two things that's going to happen. One, DJ Reed and Trey Flowers will be your starters at cornerback, uh, outside cornerback for week one, at least. Or two, that Sidney Jones is going to compete with Trey Flowers mm. um, for that starting position opposite of DJ Reed. DJ Reed seems like a pretty good bet to be a starter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's the safest bet to be that. a starter. Yep, mm-hmm what what's your interpretation of that news what do you think it means for the Seahawks starting corner situation for for week one
0: yeah it's not something super uh revealing outside of but I think they're just trying to get the two best corners on the field that they have um the only thing I'll say is if Witherspoon is truly going to be a backup entering entering week one that's um kind of disappointing frankly mm-hmm. um they didn't give him a small contract. It was like a moderate size contract, but. um
1: <sighs> 4 million really a lot for. a In one year. A rotational corner. Not, isn't, I mean. I mean, aren't like the top corners getting paid like 20 million a year. Yes. So isn't 4 million like backup money.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's like. 75 or 80% the cost of Corey Lindsley's cap hit this year. So
1: <laughs> you're gonna keep buying back to Corey Lindsley. Oh, I'm just telling
0: line. the truth. Like, uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I think DJ Reed is is the safest bet there. Um the only other name I'll just throw in real quick is I would not be surprised if Trey Brown was the other starter. Interesting. By the end of the year.
1: By the end of the year.
0: By the end of the year. Yeah. So whether due to injury or just seizing the opportunity. I think Trey Brown is an up and comer.
1: So I'm in this weird position where I don't think, I don't know if there's been anyone who has been as critical of Trey Flowers as I have been over the years. Like when that guy had a ball, literally hit him in the stomach while he was lying on the ground and managed to not intercept it. I mean, I just, that was hard. I, I I don't. It was hard not to say some really really mean things. But, um. I, I'm encouraged enough by what I've seen that I don't think he's a dumpster fire over there. I think he. I'd be okay if he's the week one corner, especially if you're going up against Jacob Eason, You know, like whatever. So, um, or even Carson Wentz. So. I'm oddly curious whether he shows up and 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 kind of plays better. I don't think he's ever going to be a great cornerback, and I will be more excited if Sidney Jones can come in and play well enough that they're like, "Been nice, Trey, but but you're gonna you're gonna take a seat." So, um, yeah, I mean who would you be most excited if they said, here's our two starters. And I'm not talking about guys that are not on the roster. So I know know you'd say Dana, but, but of the guys that are on the (laughs) roster, who would you be most excited to hear are your two starting outside corners for week one? Dana, you take this one first. (laughs) You look like (laughs) I just asked you to (laughs) pick which (laughs) child should die. No,
2: it's (laughs) because it's so, I, I am, it's not good enough. I, I guess this, Ooh, this really gets my goat a little bit because it's like they've had the opportunity to fix this position and they keep fucking it up. And it's making me so mad, excuse my language, but it's just like, I'm so angry. But DJ Reed, I think is great. I think he's a starter. I think he did, he was so well in the second half of last year. I, I'm totally great with, with DJ Reed, but I, I guess, I guess, it comes down to the enemy that you know, right? Or the problem that you know is because I guess it would have to be Trey Flowers. I would have loved for Witherspoon, you know, when they, when we in Seattle signed him, you know, I talked to my friends who were over for San Francisco and, and they were like, good kid. He's good kid, like good kid and good kid. And we heard that. I took that to mean as he was a good player, not a good kid. And so I, I'm a little, I know I'm very disappointed that that has not worked out better than it should. So I guess I would have to go with flowers. I will tell you once we start to see more of Brown, I'm, I'm excited to see if he can develop some um, and see what, what comes from that. And maybe he is the diamond in the rough waiting there. Um, And to be quite honest with you, I don't know about enough about Jones to know where I sit with that one yet, but from the four that I'm staring at right now, it kills me, but probably flowers and reed.
1: Evan, how about you? It really
2: pisses me off. I'm sorry. I, know, <laughs> I think it, love it. I, love I think uh, it.
0: It, it's a I risk, it. but it's uh, it's DJ Reed and Trey Brown. Um, going back, let's rewind back to draft time for a second. Uh, there were several draft pundits that commonly said if you know Trey Brown had been two to three inches taller, he would have been a first or second round pick. He excels in coverage. He's extremely aggressive when making plays on the ball. Um. I was just reading this quote and he's just, this dude has a chip on his shoulder. Like well, it, that's it, rem- good. it reminds me of like the Russell Wilson being short thing. He said, I'm definitely going to make a name for myself in this league. And I'm going to be around for a while. Um In response to his shorter stature, he says, it was something I definitely took as a challenge Every day I face that. And so every Saturday I went against a receiver or whatever in college. They had to pay for that. When you watch that game after game, a six three receiver versus a five foot nine, five foot ten corner, you should be pretty embarrassed because I locked you up that day. Check the tape. My height doesn't matter. It's a chip on my shoulder. Um I like this guy's attitude, guys. Um I'm yeah. excited about him. It's maybe it's a little irrational, but he would have gone a lot higher if he had been a couple inches taller.
1: So I went back, I'm going to tell you guys something. Like I went back to try to um, confirm some priors about Trey Flowers last year and how he improved over the season, which turned out to be not as true as I wanted it to be. But he was definitely like, he he was a fine cornerback in the second half of the season and had better games. He definitely improved as the year went on. But as I did that, there was a name that jumped out and I was like, what am I seeing? And I basically was looking like, who were the best corners in the NFL over the last like six weeks of the season, right? Like from like, like mm-hmm. 13 on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Akella Witherspoon was the fifth ranked cornerback in the NFL. Yeah. He had a, like a 90 grade, 90 grade. And his coverage was 90.6. Like that's not one game. And if you look back at his individual games, he finished the season with three games, one of 86.9 with an 88.8 coverage grade, another with an 81.4 and an 86.8 coverage grade, and another with a 77.1 and a 77.7 coverage grade. No corner on the Seahawks roster put a single game together, let alone three (laughs) straight games together like that last year for the Seahawks. So I'm, as much as like, I really didn't like what I saw from from Akella Witherspoon in the first game, and I definitely didn't like what I saw on that fourth and five play against Jerry Judy in the second game. Mm-hmm. I did like what I saw some of the rest of the second game, and I definitely liked what I saw in the third game. So, I'm not going to be i'm not i'm not just done with Akella Witherspoon. I'm not done with him. I, I would like to see him get some plays, and I'm still holding out some hope that. He ends up emerging and being the player that we all wanted him to be. But 49ers fans are cackling because this is this is what they've seen. He's just been inconsistent. Um so he's not a guy that you can count on. So uh,
0: can I say one thing real quick? Yeah. Niners Twitter. Have you guys seen it over the past like 48 hours? <laughs> yes. They're they're on edge. Yeah. A little bit. They're worried. They're, just if Matt Jones is good.
1: Mac Jones and Josh Fields. uh, Or uh, what's his face? Justin Fields. Justin Fields, yeah.
0: There's going to be some uh, talking on Twitter that goes on if that happens.
1: They are not only that, but they're 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 infighting about Mm -hmm. Lance versus Garoppolo. They
0: are in disarray. They are nervous. (laughs) They are panicked. They are suspenseful. (laughs) They are freaking out, and I'm going to enjoy every single second of it.
1: Evan, I feel like we should counsel them, because if they're not careful, they're going to get, like, doxed by their own fan base. I mean... <laughs> yeah! It's a, it's, it's a bad fan base to get in, in bad blood with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I will
2: have to say, if you guys have ever... If you're watching the other side, if you watch the Patriots Twitter, so they're enjoying very much the not starting of the Trey Lance. They're having a great time
1: with that, too. So, well, so 49ers fans was- might have to change their view i mean we got to depart part from seahawks talk for a second since you already have when i yeah. saw the tweet from adam schefter this morning oh. that cam newton was yeah. cut, was waved or whatever released whatever the word is whoa i looked at it three times i clicked on the profiles like is that a real <laughs> blue check is his <laughs> name spelled the right way like there's no like is this really happening and it was real it was mm-hmm. real. And one, I, I gotta say my reaction besides like surprise was respect. Like Bill Belichick does not mess around. He's like drafted the rookie played well, rookie Bye, mm-hmm. bye, veteran. Like, okay. All right. Um,
0: wh- what I mean, is the expect- whole, the whole vaccine guys- thing is like a real, is a real impact here because camp's not vaccinated and you got to think about this if you're if you're Bill Belichick. Um, what if what if Cam gets COVID again, like he did last year, and he comes in in as a close contact to some other star player who has to miss out instead of game, even if they're vaccinated? It's like a real legitimate, you know, mm-hmm. um, lack of competitive edge. I don't know what the reverse of that word is. You get my point, this but like. Amazing disadvantage that's the word I'm looking for but Cam's arm is shot uh no pun intended um and uh it's just not shot with the right thing not shot. it's just (laughs) not but guys this is the one thing I will say I'm not gonna pretend like I thought Mac Jones was gonna be good coming out of college in fact I thought he was gonna be the worst quarterback in this draft class I'm like on record saying that multiple times so if he ends up being good and the Niners skipped on him doesn't matter. I'm still going to talk a ton of shit. It's just, (laughs) I I want to be clear. Like I, I, I am on record. This is a quick tangent pre-draft saying, I believe Justin Fields was going to be the best quarterback of this draft. I cannot believe how far he
1: fell. It's insane to me. Yeah. Dana, what did you make of the Cam Newton story?
2: um I I don't know that it, uh, my my take on it um, was not necessarily that it was just all about the COVID shot that it wasn't about that he wasn't vaccinated I think that might have been the final straw but remember last year when Cam went to New England and we were like "Hmm, how's that gonna work you have Cam and then you have Bill Belichick and how was that ever going to mix and, and do well and I think that Bill Belichick was smart enough to know that he needed him for one year until he could get a quarterback that he wanted. And if you look at Mac Jones and his personality and Cam Newton and his personality, Mac Jones is a Bill Belichick type of quarterback personality-wise. They, they, it just seems to be a much better fit. So I think when Mac Jones came in and played well, I don't know if you guys watched any of him at all, but he played well. That was Bill Belichick going, okay, good. We can be done with this now. I think the COVID was probably just the final straw. If Cam had come in and rocked it and then Bill Belichick would have dealt with him. Right. But he wasn't. And so this was like, okay, is Matt good? Oh, he's good. Okay. You can go now. You know, I think that's literally what it came down to. Bill Belichick is all business. We know that there's no, you know, over emotions involved. He's the opposite of Pete Carroll. So I think that I don't think there was a lot of people online talking today about oh it's because he wasn't COVID vaccinated no or vaccinated no I don't think that was it I think that was the last straw. Well, and he's Bennett come out and said he's not going to be vaccinated he won't get vaccinated. Well then I don't think he's going to be picked up either.
1: So let me ask you guys this then, uh, assume for a second that he's willing to be a backup quarterback somewhere, which is a big assumption. But let's just let's just assume that yeah. for a second. Would you want him? on the Seahawks as your backup quarterback over their current option? I mean, that's a big question because you're talking about giving up Sean Mannion. I just want to be clear, (laughs) but but no, seriously.
0: If he agrees to write in the English language.
1: Wait, what? (laughs) His font? If he agrees to. Uh, Yeah, yeah. No, but seriously, right? Like, would you?
2: My answer's no. My, my, my answer is is no because I I don't know that he would ever put in the work needed to be to actually come in and play well behind Russell so if he's not even if Russell went down and Cam came in I, I don't believe for one second that Cam Newton would have put in one drop of effort to come in and be a good backup quarterback where you have Geno and Manion we can't forget him but you have Geno who doesn't play well most of the time I get that but I think at least he's willing to put in the work to try and be a decent backup. I think Cam Newton would come in, he would sit in your QB room, he'd get everybody infected and he wouldn't do shit to make himself be better or to do things the Pete Carroll way. I just, I think it would just be weird.
0: That dude, this is a controversial topic is a big freaking baby. I'm serious. The (laughs) the maturity level difference between somebody like Russell Wilson, even a Geno Smith is like infinitely higher. Than than a Cam Newton and obviously Cam is much more talented than Geno and has had a, right. obviously a, a very successful career overall both in earnings and in production but it's just the, the quarterback position requires a, a special level of maturity and leadership and especially and when at. you're the back and work ethic exactly mm-hmm. and when you're the backup you just need to be a stable force of consistency and I'm not sure we would get that mm-hmm. from him.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with uh, a lot of what you guys have said. I've certainly not been a huge Cam Newton fan. I, I, for the maturity level stuff, you've talked about Evan, you know, he gloats as well. Like it's just, you know, it's like Julian Edelman. Like I just, there's guys that just rub me the wrong way in terms Mm -hmm. of how they carry themselves and that, you know, but his teammates generally have sworn by him as a leader, which I think speaks you know, pretty well to his character. And I don't think hard work has been something that people have said he doesn't have a good work ethic. So I'm not sure I, I'm sure I see that he wouldn't work hard. Um, I think the COVID thing is real. Like Seattle is the only team that did not have a positive COVID test last year. They're almost all vaccinated this year. And that's a big risk, you know, like to your quarterback room (laughs) to bring in someone that's not vaccinated. So that's real. But if he was vaccinated to me, it's a no brainer. I would a hundred percent take Cam Newton as our backup quarterback over the other guys that we've got on the team. And that's with me, not being a huge fan of his in the past, but, um, I mean, I am not, I'm just not a Geno Smith guy. I, I don't mm-hmm. think he, I think he's, a, I think he's a zero. I don't think you win a game with Geno Smith as your, your quarterback. I'm pretty sure you don't win a game with Sean Mannion as your quarterback. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's probably based on what I'm guessing is not a popular opinion uh, relative to Cam, but um, definitely Can, my can mind.
2: I Can I clarify one thing? I, I'm not saying that, that Cam didn't have a good work ethic when he was a starter, at least in Carolina. I don't know about New England. I'm saying as a backup because he doesn't want to do it. And so I don't know if he was put in a backup role that he would be, that he would have that when he's leading a team I agree I have heard that he is a good leader but I'm saying in the backup role I don't know that he would do it and and honestly at the same thing about this we have to remember that I don't think he'll I think he has other stuff he wants to do he's just gonna go and do his other stuff I think he'll I don't think he'll be a backup
1: all right so so that was our little little foray into this other stuff not related to the Seahawks but um uh we we talked about linebacker we talked about cornerback safety safety is pretty straightforward um they did not keep ashari crosswell but i'm guessing he'll be a practice squad guy i know they liked him a lot so in general i think the roster was pretty pretty according to plan right like um we talked about the biggest surprises there uh yeah i mean anything else whether it's Seahawks related or across the league that caught your attention today.
0: Yeah. Um, can you guys clarify me what happened with Diggs? I was like in a meeting when he clarified
1: his contract situation. He didn't clarify much of any, <laughs> but what what he did clarify is that he's going to be there for week one. Okay. But then Dana, maybe you, you interpreted it differently, but he, he was really beaten around the bush, like said that he needed to make a statement and that it wasn't a new contract, but it was personal and that they are working on something. And I mean, it was, it was kind of like all over the place. Um, the big takeaway for me was he's gonna be there. Like we all know mm-hmm. he's gonna be there. So whatever it ends up meaning, if they do some kind of modification to his contract, fine. If there was something else, you know, he also talked about, that. you know, preseason is just not something that he needs, you know, it's for the young guys. And so like, he, maybe he just didn't want to practice like whatever, I don't know, but he's going to be there for week one. Um, Dana, did you, did you get any? Yeah,
2: about that? no, I, I agree with you. I think that I, kind of like I had said before, I, you know, this is a statement he's making, to, you know, to let him know that, Yes, he would like more money and he'd like a longer contract. And in, in my opinion, it like he wanted to stay in Seattle. And I think this press conference today was kind of a little bit of reiterating that but saving face of not working over preseason. you know what I mean? Like it was just a kind of a lot of hoop jumping. Um, but I, I think that him saying that they're working on something, I think is encouraging because that means probably sometime through the season we'll get some information on that. Um, but he's not being overly demanding. I think he's trying to say, he wants a new contract, but he's a team player. I think he was trying to make that kind of point.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: I think we need to talk about the specialists for a minute. I would really disappointed Jason Myers is still on this team. I don't even know what to, to do about that. I was, I was really hoping. I, I thought I thought for sure we'd pull a Lions and get rid of both kickers, you know, and just, and just kind of go with the long snapper there. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just thinking that on brand for you you it. hate
0: scoring points so you know Pete Carroll's true. Fav- that's true <laughs> <Pete> Carroll's <laughs> favorite point scorer you know mm. is essential to this team so
2: i can't believe how many people got that wrong when you put out there <laughs> <laughs> are you
0: talking are, are you talking about what
2: brian's Brian, tweet that oh. <laughs> he put out there when you put out there guess who that is and everyone is like guessing all over the place. i'm like people it's, it's evan <laughs> who else would it be
0: <laughs> i should get his jersey
2: you should in a youth xl is what you should
1: <laughs> yeah i gotta lose like COVID 10 though but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so sure. i got a question for you guys i have this potential opportunity i can't say what the deal is but I, I could potentially go to see the seahawks play in Indy for the first week and i was at first i was like oh dude i'm totally gonna do that and then i'm like indianapolis is like off the charts <laughs> With, with what's going on uh, mm. with COVID. I think i read that there's like no mask policy inside the stadium or something like that. Like the entire Colts roster you know, of COVID. Like, is it a good idea to travel to Indy? Do you guys have a point of view on this?
2: I don't know that that's a must-see game <laughs> other than it's the <laughs> beginning of the season. So that is your call. But You're
0: going to go there. You're going to get COVID. You're going to watch Jacob Eason absolutely light up the Seattle Seahawks secondary. <laughs> you're and we're, an and then you're going to watch Jason Myers hit a 60-yard field goal <laughs> to barely win the game 13-10. to
1: You know, I, this factors into the decision for me as well. The last time I went to Indianapolis was on the Seahawks team plane. As a matter of fact mm-hmm. that's so bougie and <laughs> right I, nice flex i went and and uh they lost and some of you oh. should remember that game um richard sherman got absolutely destroyed by ty hilton um sam hawk badger should be excited andrew luck killed us in that game we had looked like we were going to win the game but we didn't so it was very somber Plane ride home but they did go on to win the Super Bowl that year. So, like, is me going to Indianapolis mean that we are going to win the Super Bowl this year? Like, What
0: uh, what is the indie, like, football scene look like? Like, it, like, what's it like? What was
1: it like visiting that stadium previously? Uh, the stadium's pretty cool, actually. Mm-hmm. The stadium itself is pretty cool. The downtown area, there's a lot of restaurants and stuff like that, but... um I don't want to offend anybody who's living in Indianapolis, but it wasn't one of the places I went where I'm like, can't wait to go back there the next time they play in Indy. Uh, didn't feel like there was a lot to do other than maybe eat, um, but that could have just been me. I don't know. So
2: it's not on my list. <laughs> it's just not on my list. No offense, people. It's just not unless it's a uh, you know playoff game or something. It's it's just not on my list. But.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I'm just really, man, I'm, Oh, I want to watch a Seahawks game and it's the worst thing, Evan, because I really want to watch it. And then I know it's always so frustrating. I was going to say, are you sure you really want to watch it? No. Like, you know what? Last year wasn't that way. You remember how we were all like, Oh God, Atlanta, they're going to just roll us. And then like,
0: the first 10 weeks were like a constant orgasm was yes
1: outrageously <laughs> good and jamal adams was like making every play and it was like oh my god it's happening like all of seahawks twitter was actually simultaneously happy and being nice to each other like it was <laughs> it was so good and then it wasn't but um
0: and they let the falcons like back into that game if i remember correctly
1: oh, yeah somewhat 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 not, not, not like a huge amount the, the Seahawks won that game reasonably comfortably <laughs> Seattle just had to
0: give us a little taste of a reminder of who they are it's
1: crazy they started like five and one last year they started like five and oh last year right I don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. um yeah. it doesn't feel like that it really doesn't it doesn't feel like that at
0: all like last year felt hard imagine being a Steelers fan and starting 10 and zero, oh, not winning a playoff game
1: Oh my God! We're gonna talk about this tomorrow because Pittsburgh's on the on the schedule. Like, you look at that schedule for the Seahawks; it's hard Drutal. to put down W's. Like, and it's there's a lot of games. Like, almost every game, you're like, "Yep, they could lose that one."
2: <laughs>
1: so well,
2: that's what you get for playing in this division. You know what I mean? I I did a podcast earlier today, and and our guest was um, talking about how you know, he believed that the Cardinals were on this upsweep and they were going to, you know, um, you know, just make a huge statement this year. He goes, well, if they didn't play in the NFC West. And that is exactly, it. <laughs> we have to play these damn teams over and over again. And they're the hardest, this is the hardest division in football. I-, I-, I say that all the time. I stand by it completely. And so even if you get going and they roll through a couple of teams, you're like, oh God, now we got to play the Rams. You know what I mean? There's always a downside to it every single time.
1: No, it's true. We don't have Jared Goff this year to kick around, even though you know he kicked us around a little bit. Um, but there also there was one other thing I forgot to mention. I know we should get going here in a second, mm-hmm. but um there was news in the division. Um mm-hmm. uh, Malcolm Butler chose to retire. Yeah. And it was that weird. Was, this sounds, you know, it sounds like something's going on with him. So um hope everything's all right, but uh, from a Cardinals perspective, their cornerback position is not super strong. So, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I think, I think that could be an Achilles heel even more so than the Seahawks cornerback room. Um, so I think people are pretty lo- looking forward to having Malcolm Butler on that. roster. Where did Patrick Peterson go? Minnesota Vikings.
2: Yeah. Vikings.
1: Yeah forgot i just realized he was gone yep. i mean you're talking about robert alford and i'm looking him up right now to see I, yeah exactly <laughs> okay he played eight snaps for arizona last year he he did play so he played for atlanta and he was actually pretty good for atlanta mm-hmm. at times but but never great. i think if i remember right he he gets a ton of pass interference penalties um mm. uh, which should be great against dk but then, like, uh, I don't even know who their other. I think Byron Murphy's their their nickel corner, like their slot, and he's really good. But is like Daryl Worley, like their other corner, like Excel. So. Uh anyway, they they're 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 in bad shape um, at that spot. So we'll still drop at least one game to them.
2: Probably in Arizona. Probably. (laughs)
1: Um, Okay. Uh, So let's, let's wrap there. We got our our next show coming up um, tomorrow night, third straight night. Tomorrow night's going to be the prediction show. Pretty fun. We're going to go through our schedule predictions as well as some random predictions. If you haven't already, please just click the thumbs up on the show. Uh, It helps us out, helps more people discover the show. Uh, click subscribe. We are getting closer to 7,000 subscribers. We're trying to get up to 10 this, this season. It'd be great to have uh, all the help we can get to do that. Click the bell to get notified when we go live. And you never know, Gino Atkins gets signed or some crazy trade gets made. Um, all that could happen. Uh, and then last, but certainly not least, patreon.com slash hawkblogger. We welcomed a couple of new patrons last night immediate access to our slack channel where all the conversation continues in between the podcast in between the blog posts so what's keeping you from signing up go in there the proceeds go to a charity and uh help support the show so patreon.com slash hawk blogger thank you all for tuning in it's been great seeing all of you great talking to you and go hawks we'll see you tomorrow